Welcome to Rowan College of Burlington County's Baroness Podcast. I'm Dr. Brooke Myatt, Program Chair and Assistant Professor of our Entertainment Technologies Department. I am the Chair of the Women's Advocacy Group, a subcommittee of the President's Advisory Council on Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. This monthly series highlights women in leadership while encouraging listeners to build their skills, connect with the community, and visualize the opportunities available to women in various professions. Tune in for a female perspective on the Burlington County community. We are here to listen to these amazing women. If you want to hear from women who lead and inspire, this podcast is for you. Welcome to our January podcast, a new year, a new you, and always celebrating life and creating our New Year's resolutions for 2023. And today we will be discussing life, but not life that you really think, life as it relates to what here at Rowan College of Burlington County suggests life is during our life program. Those of you that don't know RCBC's life program, it is learning is for everyone. And this program is geared towards our lifelong learning community for those aged 50 plus, the opportunity to pursue informal educational goals through a broad range of classes taught by volunteer instructors. And today we have two wonderful, fantastic life instructors joining us today, Isabel Addis, an 11-year instructor, and Dr. Jackie Agostini, a 10-year veteran of the LIFE program teaching women's history. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Um, What was really interesting when we talked before uh, the podcast today, uh, Dr. Agostini, you had said something that was so moving to me about your life, and it was kind of like when your life took off, I think. You had said that you looked back at your 1964 college yearbook, and your social studies faculty consisted of 16 males and two females with no racial diversity. And you had called that the fog of patriarchy. And I thought that was so powerful when we spoke. Can you tell me about that moment that kind of set your life off? Well, I I think that when I first became interested in women's history, quite by accident, I looked back at my life and I said, "I I don't know any of this history. How can that be? And then I thought about... I have four degrees. I went through all this education, and just how many female professors did I have? I could count them on one hand. Think about that. Four degrees, and I could count the number of female professors on one hand. Wow. So that's when I picked up my yearbook and looked back at Rowan, which then was called Glassboro State for the record, and I said, wow. There are hardly any female professors in my college. So what I call the fog of patriarchy is that patriarchy existed and we are living in the fog because we don't see it. That's the fog. It is. And what's really interesting is, um, Isabel, for you, you know, Jackie teaches the women's history, but you also kind of have a spinoff class. And I know it is heavily female. Can you tell us a little bit about your life class? Okay, my life class is called From the Left. 
I did not start it. I took it over after four months. The man who was doing it asked me to take it over temporarily. And 11 years later, I'm still doing it. Uh, it's, a, it's a current events class. And I have males and females in my class. And um, I don't really lecture. I introduce a subject. And I send a topics list with links so we can start a discussion. But when I start talking about what we're going to discuss, all of a sudden, the class just takes off. They, they, the class members make the class. They get so excited. They have different views. They have different backgrounds. They use different sources for information. And I just look forward to every class because these people are just so fantastic. Why is it important for our female population to take a class like yours? I think it's important because you know what's going on. And these people, the women, speak up. They have very good, they analyze things. They just don't, they, they give comments, they analyze, they, they look up more information. And it's just very inspiring to see how these women, and the men also, they just take off in that class. And I'm just, I always learn something in that class. And I know, Dr. Agostini, you are such a powerful speaker. What is some of those really deep topics that you love talking in your, about in your life class about women's history? What are some of those lectures or discussions that you come in and all the time it's those few topics that just are such, you know, resonate with your mm -hmm. students? I think the most important thing is for, for the students to begin to understand why it's important to learn this history. I call it the history of the left out. So Gerda Lerner, the historian, said women were left out of history and they were deprived education. Both of those things are changing today. We're getting education and more women are being put back into history. And I tell them, and I really believe it's important, if we're building on a foundation of history that only has what men did, we're building on a foundation with some missing cinder blocks. So true. And we're building on a flimsy foundation. Don't be afraid of learning history. Learn that history. Learn the women that were back there that should be inspiring you today. That's what I say to them. So when you're building your house, okay, who are the female leaders that inspire your foundation? When I built my house, probably my grandmother, who came from Ireland at 19 years old, was an only child was put on a boat and was sent to America to send money back to help her grandmother and great-grandmother. Now, how many people have a grandmother like that? Not many. And how about you, Isabel? If you had to kind of build this foundation, who would be those powerful women that have helped you build that foundation and those goals for you of where you are now? My mother at dinner we would always talk about something current events, you know, what, what was happening here, what happened there, and then I'd ask her sometimes, she'd give me the background, the historical background, but it was always what is happening. My parents read two newspapers a day, and I do, I'm in that habit now, but it was always dinner was something, it was just interesting. And it wasn't always what you did in school today, a little bit of that, but a lot of was, well, did you see what this happened? Did you hear about that? And I think that really got me going on that. That helped me. I ended up being a political science major in college, 
And I've been in a lot of discussion groups, not just book clubs. And it really, I think it got me started, gave me the spark. Now, when you, obviously, we we all, I, I love that you said about reading two newspapers. I also loved when the newspaper came to the house and I would go and get it. And I would also, every month of the paper, you know, boy would like knock on the door and I'd give him money and everything. That's kind of going away. And we're getting our, you know, and, and both of you are, and, and both of you are teaching in a society of very highly technology, uh, you know, driven, um, you know, um, topics. So when you go into class, how are your, how are your students in this 50 plus community? How are they obtaining their, their current events to stay current and learning? I think a lot of them read. Um, in fact, if I were to look at history in general of women's history, the, the number one thing for women that made change were women who read and had access to books. So I happened to teach at the library because it's you know, one of Rowan's places that they use. And there'll be ladies in their class with three books. I also So we're still into books, but also uh, they know how to search for knowledge. A lot of them listen to NPR. Uh, so, you know, they, they know, and we talk about that. And I also tell them, don't keep this a secret. Teach it to your children, your grandchildren. Buy them books. Read these books with them. So, you know, you can get past just, there are still books today. <laughs> you can get past technology. Yeah, right. And you can use technology. Sure. And, you t- and my grandson, I used to say, son, that phone can do more than text message. And if he asked me a question, I'd say, let's look it up. Yeah, I have my students in my class. I always say how it's amazing. We have a supercomputer in the palm of our hands mm-hmm. to be able to access, um, you know, anything. Isabel, if if you were to give advice right now to young women who want to start their lifelong learning career, what would you tell them? What advice would you give young women who want to kind of take that journey that you took and be inspired? To have an open mind. I have a 17-year-old granddaughter, and when I was in Jackie's class, she had recommended several books, so I got these books for Sarah, and we got to talk about them, and then she did a big project in class because she had the books already. Thank you, Jackie. (laughs) And uh, be open, listen to others. Don't just go down one path. And I'm very pleased we have discussions, my granddaughter and I, and she really is is out there learning, meeting and, different people. And Jackie, how would you, what would you tell the young women of today? I would tell them to not limit themselves. I would tell them to be willing to stretch. Because when you start college, even if you, if you know, if you think you know what you want, it may not necessarily turn out to be what you thought you wanted. And... Don't limit yourself and don't let others limit you. Think about what you want. Have a voice. Yes. Don't let, all right, so your parents might want something for you, but what you want is really what you have to discover. And don't be afraid to make mistakes. And I love the don't be afraid. And what are some of the, what, what are, what's important to you that you hope your students learn in your class? What I would hope my students uh, would learn in class that there are other views. Uh, Oftentimes we'll have a discussion and people come with a set view or a set idea 
And after class, they will say, I never thought of it that way. That, that, that's, that's amazing, things like that. And they, they learn in class, and they bring out other opinions. And I'm very impressed that they will say they didn't agree with it when they came in, but now they understand better, and they have learned something. So I think that, that takes, we all get that way, and I think that's very important. And I love that you use that. I never thought of it that way because I think, Jackie, when you said earlier about like don't limit you or how could we have not learned about women's history, you know, we never thought of it that way. We never thought to learn women's history, right? right? right. And and why is that so powerful today? Why why should we learn about these powerful women in women's history? Why why should we do that? Why should we be learning about this? We We, we should do it for two reasons. One, to respect them and what they accomplished. And the second is to have them as our mentors and models. We need to do it for both reasons. I mean, to not know. We live in, we live in uh, Burlington County here, Mount Laurel. There's a Alice Paul house down the street, and we should know Alice Paul. Do you know how many people don't know Alice Paul? In Burlington County, we have the, one of the best underground railroad museums with the most amazing woman named Louise Calloway, and so many people haven't been there. So one of the things I tell them in my class, if they say they haven't been there, I say, go. I used to take them there, but unfortunately, the pandemic changed that. But we need to have these—we need to give them the respect. We need to hit, give the history the respect. And when I have someone in my background and I say, wow, look what she did. She overcame things that I didn't even know she overcame. And there are so many women like that. You know, I could spend, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to do the rest of my life because there's too much history for me to learn. I know when we were speaking, you said <laughs> when I started teaching this class, you felt that you wrote a second dissertation already on yeah. women's history. And I thought that was really powerful. That's how I feel. Um, and I love that you've connected your life to lifelong learning because when I was telling you about how I recently had gotten my doctorate, how old were you when you got your doctorate? 49. So, and you're <laughs> continuing on yes. this journey of your learning, but then sharing it with the others um, in our life program. How does that make you feel that you've just been on this continuous track of lifelong learning? It's, it's actually... The only thing you can do. If you do that, you, you won't start. You can either learn and grow or you can die. You can be on a growth path or you can be on a dying path. And just because you're old doesn't mean you have to start dying. Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel like, okay, I'm retired or yeah. I've stopped working. I don't have to do, you know, there, there's nothing more to do. Oh. But, but with RCBC having this life program and That's all these really unique classes that open you up to so many, like you said, is about perspectives that people just don't realize that it's there for them. And I think in, like you said, in Burlington County, that there's so many things to learn. And also obviously the library full of books that are still there. Yeah. Um, so Isabel, what makes you keep coming back for 11 years now or if you want to say after a year you took over this class, 11 years now, keep coming back and teaching this class. What keeps you motivated to be that lifelong uh, learner 
of the new current information and events and then the lifelong instructor. Well, the class makes me always follow topics, uh, which I enjoy anyway, but this is a good place for me to get up in front of a room or in front of a monitor these days. And just, there's just so much in current events. We talk about environmental issues. We talk about innovations. We talk about some history, historical events and things like that. And we just, there is just so many topics and so much to learn. Uh, and the, I just really get up on this because I know the class members are going to get up on it and we just, we just take off. <laughs> we really do. I get up for class. Yeah. That's awesome. So what is, what has been maybe a kind of aha moment for you that a student has come and said something to you and you were like, wow, I did that, or I made them feel that way, or I opened them up for something. Was there any kind of moment that you can remember where it was just like, this is why I do what I do? Often after class, someone will say, Isabel, I never knew about that. Uh, just, we were talking like secretaries of state, the state, how effective they are on elections. Uh, we talk about different things on climate change. And you know, I try to find different things from the paper and expand on it or in the news, and they, they are grateful. And they say, you know, they didn't know about that or they haven't thought of it about that way, and that makes me feel like I did a good job. Have You know, that they're really into it. <laughs> sure. And what about you, Jackie, when you have a class – what has been those moments where, you know, if you remember a moment where that student was like, oh my gosh, this is such a powerful moment for me, or they woke up and said, this is like that aha moment. Do you remember any time? I don't think there's any one because there's just so much of it. I think sure. the thing about my teaching is that I have fun. And I think fun is contagious. I think you should say I'm passionate. I bring that passion to my teaching. And then they, in turn, bring it back. So my class is a little bit different than her because I have to plan something ahead of time. I have to tell some stories. I call it. I, I call myself a storyteller. And I believe that in 2016, one of the things I saw in 2016 was that women started to wake up. Not just my woman in my classes, but women in general. And they started to understand that things they took for granted could be taken away. And that's what's been exciting. I call this maybe possibly the new wave of feminism. You know, I Wow, powerful. I marched in 2016 and some of the people in my class marched. I took some of the people in my class over to the RBG uh, thing in Philadelphia. Uh, I took my classes on field trips. I took them to the Alice Ball House. I took them to the Underground Railroad Museum. It's just been what is better than getting up in the morning and knowing you're going to have a lovely discussion with some really bright woman? Men can come too, by the way. Women history is <laughs> yes, not... Yes, we, <laughs> we want to make sure that the men know that yeah. they can sign up. <laughs> and yesterday I had a man in my class. Some women bring their husbands. I took a group of men, a woman from Burlington County to Seneca Falls, New York, and Auburn, New York. So I didn't. I haven't kept it to the class. Well, it seems like you keep your class fun. How do you continually do that week after week? Because I know sometimes instructors, you know, we, we get burned out. So how do you keep at, at this age, you keep the fun going? <laughs> because I'm enjoying myself. 
And, you know, because, I, like I said, I get up every morning and I learn something new. And when you're learning something new and you become enthusiastic about your learning, you want to share it. I mean, I, I, I teach. Yes, Isabel. I'd like to add to that. I've been in Jackie's classes. She really gets you going. It's very enthusiastic. She has so much information ready. And the films, everything, are on her trips. She just spreads her enthusiasm. It's contagious. I love that word, contagious. How can we get people interested in, in the LIFE program? What would you share with them about the LIFE program? Well, I, I, would, I like you said learning is for everyone. And I would also say, and sometimes I even forget it's that, I would say also say learning is forever. Learning is forever. So it doesn't matter how old you are or even how limited you are in terms of, I mean, when I look at 92-year-old Louise Calloway, she just gave up her driver's license, but she's still teaching. So learning is forever. And if you stop learning, you start dying. Simple. So don't stop learning. Why is continuing ed important to you, Isabel? Because we already just heard from from Jackie. Why is it important to me? Yeah. I enjoy learning new things. There's a lot. Of it. You can have discussions with your family and your friends. And there's just so much out there. The world is changing. And it, it's, there's just so many things. We had drone demonstrations. And, you know, we've heard about drones, but we never had one in the classroom. Then we had it outside with the big drones. <laughs> that, you know, those experiences I wouldn't know. We went to the Burlington County um, Public Safety Facility, and that was a wonderful tour, even on the firing range. I mean, it, it was just things you heard about, but you haven't experienced. So that is very important to me. And one thing about the LIFE program I've always been impressed, in, no matter what class I've taken, Jackie's class, my class, the German class, some other history classes, the people in those classes are just very involved, very active. They have amazing lives. And they're not just saying, I'm 70, I'm 80, I'm 90, this is it. They, they're just so into things. And it's great to be with these people. They really inspire you. Who inspires you, Jackie? They the people that inspire me are the women, and this is another part of the class, the women who are working in the trenches for change. And that's happening today. So even though I teach history, we also bring it forward to who is working in the trenches today to fight for the issues that impact women. We, I tell people, you, you don't vote a party. You vote what matters for you. And women have to be voting for, the, for all women. All women. We need to be supporting each other. That's the most important thing women can do today. Not Let's not compete. No. Support, cooperate. Because if there is a future for this planet, it's going to come from that. How do you think women support other women? I think they support themselves, each other fully. Uh, sometimes I've been at work years ago, and and then there would be some competition. But other times they would just somebody needs some help, an explanation. Somebody's another one was out there to help. Maybe the women are a little more observant, so they pick up on these issues, these problems. 
And I, I, I see that either very quietly, they help each other. And sometimes not, maybe not so quietly, but uh, they do help. Who has helped you along your journey? <sighs> a lot of people. And it, 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 always isn't, it isn't always women. Uh, and that's important. To and that's okay. That's important to know that women can be inspired by the male mentors in their life. But like uh, my mother was left a widow at 34. She had two daughters. And so that means I lost my father. But what it also means is that I ended up with a very, with a mother, and she could have done anything, but what she did, she pulled herself up by her bootstraps, went to work, worked for 32 straight years, and what she did was she said to us again and again and again, get an education. You never know what's going to happen. Meaning, don't be overly dependent on a man because you could end up being all by yourself and have to get this done. So that that's why I ended up in school in 1960 when the rest of my peers weren't. And Isabel, the same question for you. Who inspired you and who helped you along your journey? I had some marvelous teachers along the way, several of them women. Uh, first comes to mind my high school chemistry teacher, who, and I wasn't really into chemistry, but she really guided me, you can do this, look at it this way, she spent a little more time, and we could talk. And that, that was the first time I really had that kind of interaction with a teacher, and that really meant a lot to me. And then some other high school teachers, senior history, that was very important. And then in college, I did have a couple female instructors, and certainly in grad school. And it was just impress, impressive to me that I could talk to them, and they would give me more background and how they did things. And that really opened up things for me. So we kind of talked about everybody that inspired us and, and helped us along the way um, and, and, and got us to where we are today. And I have some inspiring, I call them inspiring take care of me cards because I feel like as women, we're always taking care of others, um, and sometimes we don't have time for ourselves. So I pulled two cards from this Take Care of Me pile I have, and they're questions that you can kind of ask in a conversation and see kind of what happens. And the two cards that I, push, I, I pulled today, I wanted to ask you, so I'll start with you, um, Dr. Agostini. What do you wish you had more time for? What do I wish I had more time for? Well, probably I, I, w I wish I could have more time for getting a little bit more ed uh, exercise. <laughs> I I Don't we all wish that? <laughs> I, I swim a mile once a week. Okay. And I've been doing that for about 50 years. But, um, you know, I, I don't get out and, you know, I, I do get out and walk, but I can give myself excuses sometimes for not sure. doing it. Um, and the most important thing I want to have time for is, of course, the people in my life. Sure. Because once I die, I'm I'm gonna. That's that's what matters. I want to create. I want to create stories with them. I, I had a grandson who just. I have three grandsons in college right now, freshmen, and but my one grandson that lived close to me, we used to have movie dates. I miss my movie dates with him, and I and I, I created a sort of a feminist grandson. And I also taught him women's history. I have a couple of movies in mind I'd like to take him to. But we would take our turns missing, you know. We would yeah. take our turns. He'd pick a movie, I'd pick a movie, and then we would talk about it. And Isabel, I'm going to pose the same question to you. What do you wish you had more time for? 
I wish there were more hours in the day. <laughs> uh, it seems to keep it very busy. Uh, I try to swim twice a week. I walk three to five miles a day. Uh, I talk <laughs> with my friends on the phone. I would like to have more time to see them. And always more time with family would be great. Yeah. And even though I am a reader, sometimes I wish I had more time to sit down and read another half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and my second question from my cards um, Dr. Agostini, what would you do if you knew you could not fail? What would I do if I knew I could not fail? <clears throat> you know, I'm not sure I'd want to do anything if I knew I could not fail. I don't think I'd want to know that. Why? Because it, it, what's the point? You know, if, if I'm going to do something, it, it's, I'm going to stretch myself. And stretching myself means I might fail. And if I'm not willing to fail, then what's the point? You have to be willing to fail. I think that's such a positive piece for women because we always feel that maybe we're not giving ourselves that pat on the back and that support, that inner support system, mm -hmm. right. that we always have to be better and that we can't fail, but we should be able to know that we can. Yes. And it's okay to do that. Yes. And Isabel... What would you do if you know you could not fail? Well, I don't have an engineering background. My father was an engineer. I thought it'd be interesting to design a bridge. <laughs> and that would be really interesting if I don't have the background to do that. <laughs> uh, uh, what I would do, I, I like to try new things. And uh, perhaps it would be good to know if I was trying this new thing that it would work out well. You just give it a try and see what happens, right? Otherwise, you don't try things. Yeah, I think you have to be able to put yourself out there. And I feel a lot of us feel maybe stunted to do that. But I think after speaking with you two wonderful women that I think we can accomplish anything because um, you're both, you know, amazing to speak to today. And you push the envelope, you know, you push it forward, you keep learning, you keep growing. And you're so inspiring to your students and the program here that, um, I can't wait to take a life course. <laughs> I'm excited. Welcome. You've got a ways to go. I got some time, but I'm 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 I want to know when I can sign up. I'm gonna find out. We'll have to lower the age. <laughs> That's right. I, I agree with that. <laughs> so during the podcast, what I do every uh, every podcast is I'm I'm writing down kind of keywords throughout our discussion here, and what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna read some of these keywords as kind of like hashtags on your life. And then I'm going to ask each one of you what your personal motto hashtag would be if you had to follow a hashtag. So I'm just going to read some words um, that, that I've written down from our discussion today. So you can kind of take it all in um, and to our listeners as well. Analyze, inspiring, take off, history of the left out, what's happening, secret, buy books, open mind, not one path, no limit, stretch, fun, passion, create. I never thought of it that way. Respect, accomplish, learn and grow. Storyteller, wake up, new wave of feminism, contagious, trenches for change, supporting each other. What is your personal motto, Jackie? That's a good question. I think my personal model is probably that um, 
that I have to keep learning. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I have to get up every morning and be open to learning. And that's what's going to keep me going. I mean, if I'm open to learning, then I always have something to do every day. Right? Yeah. I love it. Life is not boring. (laughs) Definitely not. And you, Isabel? I do have a personal motto. Developed my last years at work. And I must admit, I borrowed it from hockey great Wayne Gretzky. You miss every shot you don't take. So just try it. See how it goes. That's right. I love it. I want to thank Dr. Agostini and Mrs. Isabel Addis for joining us today. Please visit our website for more information about our DEI initiatives and our committees at www.rcbc.edu diversity. If you want to hear from women who lead and inspire, this podcast is for you. You've been listening to the RCBC Baroness podcast, which highlights women in leadership while encouraging listeners to build their skills, connect with the community, and visualize the opportunities available to women in various professions. For more information about this podcast and other podcasts available on the RCBC Podcast Network, visit rcbc.edu slash podcast and subscribe to the RCBC Baroness Podcast wherever you tune in. For a female perspective into the Burlington County community, you have been listening to the Baroness Podcast. Take care. Thanks. You've been listening to the RCBC Baroness Podcast, which highlights women in leadership while encouraging listeners to build their skills, connect with the community, and visualize the opportunities available to women in various professions. For more information about this podcast or other podcasts available on the RCBC Podcast Network, visit rcbc.edu slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the RCBC Baroness Podcast available on all streaming platforms.